season becomes the first player to not only captain, but now manage Arsenal to an FA Cup victory. I want to tell you what I talk to the lads about every day. What it means to be part of our family. Are you listening, bro? Yeah, man. A strong family. <laughs> First, there is the non-negotiables. Respect. Humility. Belief. And it's okay to get angry, to raise our voices, as long as it comes from the right place. And even though family can hurt us like nobody else, remember, they are the ones who raise us up. When people come to our house, try to divide us, because they know our family and what our shirt means. Put us for life, put us for life. Let them know we can't be divided. And it will take all of us together. Because we know where we belong. So when the challenges come, you will tell them. This is family. This is family. This is family. This is family. This is Arsenal. Hello, welcome back to the season two of From Dial Square to Where. Who would have thunk it, eh? Making it to the second season. I'm glad to be back and I'm very, very glad that you're here with me as well, Melvin. How are you? Very, very happy. Not a bad weekend, actually, at the moment. Can only get no. worse, but it won't do it. It'll get even better. Exactly, exactly. Well, it's very, very hard not to be... Um, well, quite excited really about what's going on at the moment at Arsenal. And uh, yeah, a couple of very good debuts yesterday, which we'll come on to. Um, but yeah, I was l lucky enough to go to the uh, the Emirates Stadium tour yesterday. And when I booked it earlier on in the week, which was a bit of a last minute uh, in instantaneous sort of thing, because I saw that you can take kids free. And I thought, oh, it'd be a nice thing to do. And I forgot we were the early kickoff. So I was there whilst the match was going on. I was keeping in touch with it. And I've seen an awful lot of the uh, the highlights and uh, everything like that. But I didn't see the match from start to finish. So maybe you can fill in a few of the gaps, Melvin. But from what I've seen, an extremely good performance from start to finish, really. Um I want to talk to you initially about um, Gabriel because I'm very excited about the that signing and uh, considering it was his first match for us, his first game in six months, I thought he was outstanding. I mean, what about you? Yeah, fantastic. He was a bit of a muck up in the first couple of minutes with our goalkeeper and that made the Nulls put a back pass in and it didn't quite go fast enough, a bit of a muck up. But after that, he just grew and grew. And what I liked about him, like you say, he hasn't played for six months. He's playing a new team in a new country in not a position he's used to. He was playing in the middle 
of a three, which normally plays mm. on the left of a two. So unbelievable. And also what I like about him, I've seen a bit of him on YouTube. I've noticed that he's very good at getting the ball on a one-to-one with a forward. He gets the ball off yeah. every time. He's got very fast feet. And I thought, well, is it just a fluke? Or he did it again yesterday. He did it two or three times. And the forwards will get very frustrated with him. Because he yeah, just doesn't. He's very strong. Oh, strong yeah. Strong as well. Strong as an ox. And he don't mind pinging the ball either. If he has to ping it, he will do. I'll tell you what. I, I know One thing I noticed, um, it was... I think it was a, sort of about midway through the first half. He, he absolutely threaded through this ball, through the eye of a needle. In a really mm. tight situation. It's fantastic. Absolutely brilliant pass as well. And, um, yeah, I, I just... Uh, I mean, that was his first game. I mean... Goodness knows how what he's going to be like when he's really settled in. So yeah, the excellent start from him. And the other one, Willian. I think wow. You know, if, if anyone's still wondering why we signed him, I think uh, that sort of answered a lot of questions to me. Uh, he was so lively, um, made himself made himself a real nuisance. And the way he finds space, I thought very impressive. Again, you know, what did you think about his performance? Well, we know he's got it in him. We know that. There's not, no doubt about that. And what I like about a player like him is that he can do so much in very, in very small spaces. Mm. He doesn't yeah. need to, to kick a ball 20 yards and run after it. He can twist and turn. He can use both feet. And he can see a pass. And he can go past players. Now, once yeah. a midfielder or forward goes past a player, then all of a sudden, the defence are on the back foot. And you've got half a chance. It's no Absolutely. passing sideways and all that. He's very direct. He sees the game. He's got great energy. Forget his age, he's got great energy. And it's a no, no, it's a no, it's unbelievable. I mean, you know, like I said before to somebody, did we pay too much for him? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, I just think that it was instant, easily um, a loss to Chelsea because they definitely wanted to keep him. They were, they did the same as what we were always doing, never giving a... Uh, an over 30-year-old, more than one year extension to a contract. They broke that um, and offered him a two-year contract. And that says everything to me because he was their best player statistically last year. And he, like you said, he just does not play or have the body or physicality of someone his age. He could quite easily pass for sort of someone like 26, 27 in his prime. And uh, if we can get a couple of good years out of him, which I think we undoubtedly will, it's a great signing, I think, personally. You know, he's, you know, I was very, very happy when, when we got him. And, and I just think it adds another dimension to our play. It really does. Can I just say hello to Carol, please? Yeah, so, I'm just saying hello to Carol as well. Yeah. Typing it out as we speak. Hello, Carol. Thanks for joining <laughs> us. And Winston, and very, and Winston um, delighted you both with us as well. Um, any questions that you've got, just stick them in there and we'll see if we can answer them on, on the way I, through. I think, I think, Andrew, why Chelsea probably didn't give them a great contract and keep him is that I think that probably uh, Lampard wanted to get rid of a few players, put his own identity on the team and get some new guys coming through. The ones I've signed evidently are fantastic. So I thought, so perhaps he thought, you know what, we can afford to get rid of um, him, just, you know, make a space there and otherwise we're overloaded. So, Listen, great. You know they made that decision. It's to our advantage. Absolutely, their loss, our gain. I'm not, I'm very happy with that. But it just strikes me. We were just mentioning this before we went live that 
the players, they're just all so comfortable, it seems, at the moment on the pitch. It's just, you know, that everyone, everyone is ready and available and willing to take the ball at any situation and they're comfortable. And I'm absolutely thrilled the way that um, Mohamed Elneny is playing at the moment. I saw someone on Twitter yesterday, and I commented on it, that they put some of their own play ratings up. Everyone was at least a seven. Um, and they gave him a five. And I thought, I mean, come on. You know, some people have just got preconceived ideas about exactly. players and just do not see the actual performance with their eyes. I thought I, he was amazing. I thought he, grew he, he had a great game. Yesterday. He didn't make a mistake. He's improved or I have all knowledge. I mean, that, as you say, that number five, that five rating was given before the match, I reckon. But um, I think that uh, with him, have you noticed that now he gets the ball and he wants to play it forward? He never Absolutely. did that before. Never. I mentioned never. That. And it's to do with confidence. And that's what it's yeah. to do with. The first, all of our first touches now, we actually look like footballers. First touch is brilliant, then we move on. It used to be three touches to get it under control. And by that yeah. time, you're finished. Someone's on you. Or you actually do lose control because you just can't control the ball. But now it's exactly. so different. Everyone gets the ball. They seem to be facing the right way. They seem to know exactly what they do when they get the ball, whether they're going to give it after a second, give a pass, or hold it and then give a pass, or try a little run. It's so different, the mindset. It's all to do with the mind. That's what Absolutely. it is. Absolutely. They're playing on their toes. And what I mean by that is they're just not flat-footed. They get the ball, lay it off. They're always on the move then to get the ball back if needed. They're always finding the space and they're always moving constantly so that the person on the ball has always got many options to, to choose from. And that's well, really evident. I don't know if you remember, Andrew, the great Liverpool, one of the great Liverpool teams that went on for about five years. Their situation was when they had the ball, he had two or three. They had two or three options. Mm. Whereas, go back a year when one of our players had the ball, they had no options. Exactly, and that is that was um, why a lot of people were down on Danny Ceballos at the early part of last year. Because I remember he had a bad game against Liverpool, I think it was. And everyone said, he's, he's, he's rubbish, he's no good for Arsenal. And I said at the time, I was arguing his case, saying every time... Because at the time, he played in four or five different position, positions on the pitch under Unai Emery. And uh, he get, he made a bad mistake. I don't know if you remember it against Liverpool. He, he actually got cornered. There was no options. And he, he played the ball out and it, it went to a Liverpool player... And I don't think it ended up in a goal, but it was uh, not far off. And he was just getting slated. And exactly what you just said, he, there was no one making themselves available. No one wanted the ball. They had no confidence in the team. And we were just being outplayed, obviously. The change is just uh, unbelievable. Fantastic to see. And I think everyone on the pitch yesterday, there could be no one that got less than a seven, seven between seven and eight. I think everyone played brilliantly. Well, well, like I say, you know, I do actually uh, mark a player before a match, only one player, and that's Tierney. I give him an eight out of ten every game. Yeah. That's what he gives us. Yeah. Consistent. Yeah, I love the guy. I mean, and also, yesterday, you didn't see the game, but on parts of the game, all of a sudden, the commentator didn't mention it, all of a sudden, he'd go and he'd challenge someone, win, win a ball, and it wasn't on, mm. on the side, on the wing, so you didn't know it was him. It was something, you know, moved into the middle, spotted a bit of danger, got in, taken the ball, passed it quickly, then the commentator caught up and was talking about the player with the ball. And yeah. so many times he did yeah. that yesterday, and he just covers people. He's got the, one of them, he, he knocks someone into the, into the, nearly into the stand, did a tackle, mm. fair tackle, but he's got that, that tenacity about him that we haven't seen for years. 
No, I love him. And he rubs off on everyone else as well. His enthusiasm as well, I think, is fantastic. Uh, Winston says, so many of you were down on William signing, but I hope he's made them change their minds. I'm sure, well, if they, ha if they haven't, Winston, then it's purely, you know, <laughs> an anti-Chelsea bias or just due to his age or whatever. But I, I think that his performance yesterday in his debut, two assists, plus he hit the post from that brilliant free kick. Um, yeah, I mean, they'd be stupid if they hadn't changed their minds. Carol, I think that also Mikel lets the other coaches have input, which Arsene Wenger didn't. Yeah, very good point. Do you know what? I think if this, this um, appointment of the uh, set-piece coach as well, just as something simple as... Because we, we let in about 16 goals from set-pieces last season, which I think was one of the worst in the league. Just so we can, I don't know, cut down that by a third... And the difference that would make points-wise from turning some of those draws that we had last season into wins. And conversely, if we can score a few more from set pieces, have a few more ideas, I mean, that could be the difference between, you know, three or four places up the league. Just just by letting a few we were in, scoring a few more. And I think I mean, he's think, just doing things the right way, isn't he, Mikel? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that's right. I mean, you think about it. Last year, we finished 10 points behind Chelsea. And we had a horrible, horrible season. We had like it was. I felt we were going to go down at one stage, and I felt very mm. miserable. We couldn't mm. buy a win, right? And you think we should have, could have beaten Chelsea at home? That was a six-pointer, like every game is. We'd have been only four behind them, and that's with a horrible season. So we're not that far away. And now, mm. now we be if we're more efficient on corners, free kicks, on both sides of the equation. That, that's easy, four points. That could be six, eight, ten points. Easy. Yeah, yeah. Now, I know there's the massive elephant in the room with regards to Aubameyang and his contract. And every week, consistently, uh, Mikel is saying he's very, very confident that he's going to sign. It'll be sorted. But I think yesterday was the most confident he's been so far. And if he signs, which... <laughs> We've got to all be so confident about because I don't think he would show his hand, especially how intelligent Mikel Arteta is. I don't think he would show his hand that much if it weren't going to happen. But seriously, that's going to be our best signing of the summer. You know, because, again, the guy is a freak of nature. He is actually getting better, in my opinion. Yes, yeah. Over, over, I mean, you say that. Time. I agree with that. It's weird, isn't it? He had, yeah. he's, he's, I think what he's done, Andrew, he's grown into that new position. Yeah. When he, he went out there it. first, he, it was a bit of hit and miss. I didn't like him out there. I was dead against him. I mean, what are they doing? What's he doing that for? I don't well, see the advantage. Were. Especially we had Martinelli on the left. We had Saka on the left. You know, people that are, could really cross the ball. We've got this guy. Yeah. He can't cross the ball. But boy, does he produce. Oh, and he looks happier nice. there as well. And someone made a very good point today. I read a good article today. If he if he'd play in Lacazette's position, he'd be kicked all over the place. Yeah, yeah. So he I'm would, happy he get now. Space. Delighted he is where he is. Oh mate, honestly. And do you know what? When the, the actual overall plan, I, as I see it, that Mikel wants is for obviously Kieran Tierney to be the left wing back. And yeah. so what? That's why he bought Gabriel. That's why he bought Pablo Marie. So he can. So that one of those two can play at the left of the back three, or 
obviously the left of the back four eventually. And when, if you can imagine that Kieran Tierney actually overlapping and doing that wide work and doing this sort of the crossing that Aubameyang doesn't want to do, but Aubameyang is linking up with Kieran Tierney, it's going to be thrilling. <laughs> it really is. Because at the moment, it, it, Kieran Tierney is doing a lot of that, but it's, it's not his main role. When he can only concentrate on that, and he hasn't got to worry about dropping into the back four or back five, then it's going to go only get even better with Aubameyang, where he is. Oh, yeah. But what I'm a bit, what is a bit strange at the moment, where, I mean, I know players are going to be changed anyway in the next couple of months as the season get, goes, uh, goes on. Where's Saka going to play? Well, I think Saka's going to be one of the one of a mid three or three long term, personally. All uh, right. What about this That's season? Do you think he'll he'll play a lot of games this year? I don't. Oh, I think I mainly. He, well, mainly he's going to play in all the cup games. Barnet, I think he'll play in all of the cup games, and there's a lot of those. Don't forget. And I think he's just going to be introduced um, into the Premier League with maybe he's going to start a few games, but I think mainly he'll come on maybe twenty thirty minutes to go. Um, so you're still going to get a lot of games, I think, this season. But don't think we have got some people that are going to be moving out of the club, undoubtedly. And we're going to be making more changes. And do you know what? There's going to be a lot of players available uh, in January. Because a lot of people are going mad about, you know, the getting players in now before October. And, for example, um, what's his name? Uh, blah, 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 blah. I think I'm getting old. My brain, my brain can't work sometimes. I'm trying to remember to play his names. The guy from um, uh, Bayern Munich, the guy from Bayern Munich, the, um, the one who came from Barcelona. Yes, the Liverpool player. Yes, yes. no, the Liverpool the connect. Liverpool's connected to. Um, they oh, played for me. No, 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 no. Liverpool are very strongly linked with him. Thiago, Thiago. Oh, Thiago, and I'm a 29-year-old. Sorry. Absolutely. Yeah. Just an example. He's, his contract runs out next summer. You know, and everyone's going mad that I've got to get him 29 million he's available for. Well, don't forget, it's that, the, the transfer window is going to finish in October this, this year, this summer. <clears throat> it's only a few short weeks till January. And then and he can actually sign for free, uh, sign a pre-contract agreement for free in January yeah. of anyone. Same as Messi. Messi can. As well, so I think it's good. There's a lot of players in that sort of situation as well, and I think there could be a lot of business done this January uh, transfer window, whereby um, because of the, the tight, you know, financial situation most clubs are in, I think that's going to happen a lot. Um, you know anyway, I went... sorry, Andrew, to interrupt. Go, no, go on. Go on. With this virus going out, going around, the, the transfer market hasn't changed. There's a lot of money being paid still. I thought they'd be halved of some of these valuations, but I haven't. Um, I think I think some of them have, but not to the extent we were all expecting. But I think yeah. it's, again, and I predicted this, and I don't want to, you know, blow my own trumpet, but I, I did predict it that it'd only take some of the big spending clubs to make one or two big signings. And everyone will feel like they have to be playing catch up, and it, that's the way it happened. And the play, I mean, obviously, it's all skew whiffed by Chelsea this summer. Yeah. Um, you know, they're the ones that are making the the, the big money signings. Um, a lot of the other ones, I don't mean for, some of the 
money that we allegedly going to get from some of the outgoings that we've got is not going to be, you know, anywhere near what we think that they're worth. But it brings us on to Martin Martinez, which uh, today looks like it's actually been confirmed and completed that he's left the club for twenty million to Aston Villa, and I can't say that I'm not absolutely gutted about it, but. It's going to be a means to an end because it's going to lead to us being able to add to our midfield again, and um, we have to we have to sort of think logically. And I, I I do try and think with common sense and logic whenever in everything I say. And if you put yourself six months ago that we could actually sell Emmy Martinez for twenty million pounds, no one would have believed it in a million years when Leno was out. No one really thought that that highly of Emmy at the time. No one did. No, they thought but... he was a good goalkeeper, but was he worth twenty million quid six months ago? However, I know I know things have changed since. But at the end of the day, we've, we've, we're going to have to make some tough, tough decisions in order to move forward. And if he could get by by selling him, which we can because we've got Leno, and Leno's a quality, quality goalkeeper, then it's I suppose we have to bite the bullet. We can't keep everybody, Andrew, can we? I'm very no. upset. When, if, listen, I'm I not am. manager, and there's a reason I'm not a manager. I'm not good enough. But if I was manager of the Arsenal, I'd have kept Martinez and sold Leno. Because I think you might have got more for Leno. That's number I'm one. Exactly the same, if I'm honest. But at the end of the day, we we haven't had any offers for Leno. And... Because well, he hasn't been up for sale, has he? Well, I think, every, I think, to be honest with you, though, Melvin, I think pretty much everyone's up for sale. Yeah, apart from a, a bare few, maybe five or six players who would not sell under any circumstances. I think the rest of the squad would have been up for sale. Um, you know, I, I, I genuinely believe that. Um, there's players like Martinelli, Saka, um, Aubameyang, obviously, you know, and, and a few more. But I think would have accepted offers for anyone. Yeah. Really. Yeah. If, 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 if you're truthful. Um but what putting uh, Carol's just put in? Do you know anything about the Icelandic keeper we're supposed to be buying? I don't think we. Uh, to be honest, I don't know whether anyone else has uh, heard because I've been chatting on Twitter with uh, someone. I'm sorry, I forgot the the person's name about um, whether we need to buy another keeper. And we brought in this uh, another one of the coaches, that coach goalkeeping coach from Brentford. Now, yeah. I don't know with you, do you listen to the Ask blog, Askcast? Ask yeah, they're brilliant. Well, a few weeks ago, do you remember James um, talking about this goalkeeping coach and how strict he is and how good, good yeah. he is? He actually said as well that this new goalkeeping coach actually in the past has refused to work with some goalkeepers who haven't got the right attitude or ability. He, he says, no, I won't work with them. They're not good enough. And this and this guy is clearly improved our goalkeepers in a short space of time already. You can tell, but he also rates Matt Macy, and Matt Macy isn't a, a wet behind the ears youngster. He's in his early twenties now. I just think we should, uh, at the moment, maybe just run with Matt Macy until maybe next summer at the late, and just see how he goes in the in the cup competitions. Just give him an opportunity because. We need to strengthen elsewhere, as we all know. We desperately need to get these midfielders in. And if we're only going to get twenty million, which we have done for Martinez, I wouldn't want to spend half of that on another goalkeeper. But the rumor you know, is, 
that, that we're the Brentford after. keeper. The Brentford exactly one. for ten million. I know, but that. <laughs> That I know what you're saying. Just, I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just saying that is the strong rule. I, I, I'm just thinking it's a bit of a risk. I know that. But personally speaking, I wouldn't replace Emmy right now. I, I would try and get through at least till January, maybe. Maybe review it in January because between now and then, we would have had quite a few cup games to play. And maybe we would have seen uh, Matt Macy. You know, um, it's, a very, it it's a very thin dividing line. If... Uh, Matt Macy plays in, say, the end of this month, because it's start the window closes the beginning of October, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, yeah, third or fourth or something like that. So he plays one game and you can't make your mind up. And then he plays after October and he's not the ticket. You are in a bit of a mess here if our goalie does get injured again. Then It's a very, very big risk to take, Andrew. It, it is. Uh, it is. But what are you going to do with 10 million quid? It's not going to go anywhere, is it? If we have to... Sp- this is what I mean about... <sighs> Well, then not spend I just, it. I just, get, get, I just get someone on loan or someone that's a very experienced goalkeeper. That's yeah, potentially. Number two. Someone if like can... Rosebowl. Yeah, yeah. Someone like that on loan. That is the way to do it. Possibly, yeah. We'll see because you can't get a fantastic goalkeeper because a fantastic goalie don't want to be number two, as proven with exactly. Martin. Exactly, exactly, yeah. So, potentially, that's the way to go forward. But I, I just feel it'd be stupid to... Get rid of Emmy, which, to be honest, I think a lot of it was down to Emmy. Let's face it; yeah. he wanted to be, he wanted to go. But um, I don't know. I, I just feel it'd be a bit of a waste to when, we, when money's so tight to go and buy another another goalkeeper. And, and do you think that if we sell Bellerin as well, I, I personally, I'd be quite happy to to have Maitland Niles with Cedric as a backup. But a lot of people are saying. If we sold Bellerin, we'd have to go and get another right back. I, no, we wouldn't. I, I don't think I agree with that. No way. We've got two right backs. No way. No way. No, no. We don't need to buy anyone else. No. No. And we no, could no, pocket exactly. quite a lot of money from Bellerin, and he did play quite I, well yesterday, actually. But I, then I, again, I, I, I don't want to sell him. Can't he, we can't no, keep exactly. everybody. Exactly. We cannot keep I, everybody. He, he's another one I really wouldn't not want to go get rid of, and it tells you that. The clubs that are in, in for him, um, you know, uh, Juventus, PSG, Barcelona. I think he, I think it's Atletico as well, most like, likely. Yeah. Look at all those, the quality of those clubs that are in for him. It does tell you something about the quality of player. Um, so anyway, he might have to be one that uh, is another one that we don't want to let go, but end up selling as well. I, I think I, Torreira might be one that will go. I think he might go because I think we've got enough there now. Especially if you're going to buy someone else there. That's annoying, though, isn't it? Because uh, they're only rumoured. I think it's Torino and Fiorentina. Are the only rumoured to have to go on loan, an, an eight million loan fee. What's the point of that? An eight million loan fee with an option. Well, uh, an obligation. Sorry, to buy next summer for I think it was eighteen. So it's a total of twenty six. But we need the money now, and that is the uh, that is the reason why we can't get Partey from Atletico. Because they need the money now. They, it's no good to them um, to have uh, sporadic payments. They need, you know, because they're, they're in such uh, financial difficulty over in Spain. It's easy <sighs> for me to sit here to, and say this, right? But yeah. if we think we can get money for Torreira, medium to long, uh, short to long, medium term, and we can get Bellerin out, and we can do this and we can do that, we could 
perhaps sell somebody else, one of the centre-halves. My the favourite at the moment to go would be Chambers. I don't think Holding's going anywhere, right? It would be no. Chambers. All this money, we haven't got it now, but we are going to get it. It would be nice if our owner would go, you know what, there's <laughs> 65, 70 million in the kitty. I'm going to give you. I want every penny back, but buy Partey, put a deposit Absolutely. down to ABC, and then by January, I want that money back for hook, hook, crook. You've got yeah, to let people exactly. go. That way, I, there's no pressure on us as much. And once that's known, that we, we no one will ever know the details because because we're a private company now. But once we say we don't have to sell any players at the moment, which is a white lie, we do have to sell them, but not necessarily now. All of a sudden, you might get your 25s and 30s with players that you're only going to get 15 on loans for. That's exactly what I've been thinking. Yeah, you, you've took the words out my my mouth, Melvin. Exactly what I've been thinking. Whether that can happen or not, I think it might have done by now. But we'll have to wait and see. But if any, if the time to buy people... Is, well, the time to buy people is now, I'd say. Uh, it's just the buyer's market. We all know that. Yeah. If we can go, you know, I, I think we could, I genuinely think we would get our and Partey if we just could get access to that money. And I think a short-term loan by the owner is not exactly a lot to ask at the, in this situation. It's, with all due respect to him, Andrew, it's marks on paper. It's not, exactly. it doesn't mean he, he can't pay for food on his, so, you know, he can't uh, pay the mortgage next month. It's basically, I don't think he'll be struggling, no. No, no it's, it's marked on paper. It's just a couple of figures that's gone off of it. Yeah, and that's all I it know. is. So that, that would get the fans behind him as well. Because let's face it, we've knocked him, we've knocked the ball, and rightly so over the past few years, or longer than that. But they've got Arteta in. Yeah. So we've got, to, we've got to give him a big tick for that. Well, let's have a quick word about that video for the, the launch of this kit. Oh my god! Oh my oh, god! Brought, oh, I'm not. Oh, even, I'm not even being funny. Oh. I thought it, it literally brought a lump to my throat. Yeah, it was, and I thought, me. Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to. St- I wanted to stand up and like the, national, the American national anthem, and put my arm across. <laughs> me. You know what? It, uh, Winston Churchill, oh. eat your heart out, mate. It, you know that. That was it just was, rousing, and I, I can't get enough of it. I can't. Yeah. Adid- I mean, at, you cannot knock Adidas for their advertising. It's just amazing. And, uh, yeah, one of the best I've seen. But don't you think it was so good, but don't you think it wouldn't have been quite the same if Arteta wasn't our manager? Oh, no, 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 no. Arteta made it, They actually played it perfectly. They played it. They played to his strengths and the player's strength. It was fantastic. Incredible. Absolutely fantastic. I mean, yeah, I I just think it it just makes you so proud. I mean, it, it literally made me so proud. <laughs> of Arsenal, just like everything it's about it. Back, they? Yeah, I know, incredible. Uh, I'm just going to catch up on a couple of these comments because uh, some good ones going in. Carol, where was Nelson at the weekend? I think Nelson. I've I've read, and I'm under. I'm under the impression, which is a shame, that he might be going out on loan with, and it's also mentioned. Nketiah, and the worst one of all for me, Emil Smith Rowe, are all being linked to. He's Lone injured Bulls. though, isn't he? He's injured. Who? Nelson. Smith Rowe. Smith Rowe. No, He's done both shoulders in. Yeah. Don't know how you do both shoulders in unless he was swimming very fast. He's done both shoulders in. Might be doing the butterfly. Well, yeah. I, haven't read, I haven't actually read yeah, that. Yeah, definitely, Andrew. Definitely. 
Well, I, I, yeah, I, I, it's only today I read that article about them three going out on loan. However, um, I think there's going to be a lot of rotation, Carol, this year because there's an amount of literally every seven days, seven or eight days, we're going to be playing three games. So I think that everyone's going to get uh, a go in the team. But um, yeah, I think it's just one of those ones that's been rotated at the moment. That was all. Do you know anything about the Icelandic keeper who we're supposed to be buying? Um, Runa Alex Runason. I don't know. Honestly, don't know, Carol. I'll have to have a look at that one. I'll have to Got do a bit of digging. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it's pre-printed and you get one of the Chinese ones. I wouldn't go, go near that one, no. <laughs> uh, Matt Macy says he wants to go to play regularly. Yeah, I understand that as well. Um He's 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 another one that's been at the club for quite a long time. Six foot seven, Matt Macy. Um, Carol says, "I think the domestic transfer window goes on a bit longer." Carol, that is only for the lower league clubs. Um, the Premier League window slams shut on the fifth of October, but there's two more weeks for the lower leagues to get loans. Um, from the Premier League and elsewhere as well. Does that, so does that mean you're saying lower leagues? Just lower leagues, not teams low in the league? No, 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 championship so and below. can't buy any more after October then? No, unfortunately not, they're <laughs> fucked. <laughs> <laughs> A hilarious, hilarious result today, oh, amazing. Um, and the performance, I saw some of the performance. It's like it's like our old manager was there. Honestly, it's like our Absolutely old manager was there. Dreadful. Mm. I, can't, I hope they. Well, they can't afford to sack him, which is the best part. Oh, they can't. They're stuck, no, no. they're stuck with him. I don't know, yeah. think it's hilarious. I think it's hilarious. Mm. I've only watched the first three of those programs yet. I haven't watched the ones that came out this week. I'm going to catch up on those. I haven't um, watched any of them at the moment. I haven't got Amazon, but uh, we will see. Yeah. Uh, Winston, I think he's very weak at saving close-range shots and weak at catching crosses and weak saving long shots. That sounds like he's weak at everything then, Winston. And he comes off his line-off. And who are you talking about there? Is that the Icelandic guy or... Uh, doesn't say. Yeah, who's that, Winston? I don't know which one you're talking about. Matt Macy or... I don't think Matt Macy's that bad. Um... Uh, oh, that's the goalie. He's already put that. That's the goalie we're linked with, the Icelandic one. That's good. I didn't think Matt Macy was that bad. Um, yeah, the guy at Brentford, I can't remember his name, but um, he had a really, really good season. And he's actually, I heard someone on the, um, I think it was the BBC Football Daily podcast talking about the Brentford keeper. And... Uh, he's actually a very, believe it or not, very, very close in style to Manuel Neuer, being like a sweeper keeper. That's right, yeah. Uh, and he's had a, an excellent season, but everyone is going back to, unfortunately, in judging him, including me a little bit, I have to admit, on the um, playoff final where he made that massive mistake by being in the far, in the, just in the wrong position. And I think that's that's done him a little bit, but that might yeah. be in our benefit because it might have knocked a couple of million off his price. But do you know that he's only not? He's only six foot. Yeah, that's the other thing. That's the, but he, I'm, I don't like small goalkeepers. Sorry. No, I'm I'm not that keen either. I'm prejudiced against small goalkeepers. I'm 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 the same. I have to admit, a lot of the skills that it does sound like a quite an exciting player, but it does put me off a little bit, and that's why I'm so gutted about losing uh, Martinez because the way that he commanded that area and caught everything. 
Never it's got, got presence anything. as well. Great presence. Yeah. Just I to mean, go back to the goalkeeper. Just to go back to him. About price twenty million. You're saying when we could have, we only we would have laughed at that a few months ago, and rightly so. If Arsenal were in a mess for a goalkeeper, and you could have bought Martinez for twenty million, you'd have broken it, snatched her hands off. Twenty is the wrong price, Andrew. I'm mate. I'm trying to look on the positive side uh, because I can't see much. If I'm honest, yeah. I'm trying to look at it in the way that within such a short space of time. We have got a decent amount from him based on how much he's played. But when you look at the price, I mean, look, he is twice the goalkeeper Kepper is at Chelsea. And that is a completely skewed transfer fee, I know, 72 million. Yeah, yeah, you can't, you but, can't make that's not but, a real price. No, price. no, he's not. But when you do consider things like that, and when you consider that Bournemouth goalkeeper went to uh, Sheffield United for 18. Again, nowhere near the keeper that Martinez is. Martinez is easily worth in a normal. But this is the problem. Who? What's anyone worth in this market at the moment with the COVID situation? No one in the crowds. Again, no club is actually making any money from crowds. And in a normal market, I would put Martinez down at forty million. Yeah. What did he cost the Everton goalkeeper, Andrew? What did he cost? Yeah, the Everton goalkeeper. Everton? Um, yeah. The one who plays for England. Yeah, you he was 40, he wasn't he? Didn't he? he was a, yeah, when comes to, he was 40, wasn't he? Honestly, can't remember, mate. Honestly. I think he was about 40. Know. He was like a, like a record for a goalkeeper in this country. And he's, not, he, he's, he's not no as much, is he? No, no, yeah. exactly. You know, uh, you know what? It's taken us 10 years, if not longer, to find, find a decent goalkeeper. And we've let him go. I know, I know. We've had a lot of rubbish the last 15 years. Not all, the one, some, some goalkeepers. The one good thing is we've we've still got Leno, who is a quality goalkeeper. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he's right up there. with, with I mean, that save he made, um, this first, second or third minute. When made it look easy, some, didn't he? Really good save, actually. Quite yeah. underrated, that was. He did a, he did a very good job. But, uh, yeah, we'll have to, we're just going to have to take the, the bitter pill and I agree. just hope to God... I just hope to God we move quickly now and buy one of the, these midfielders that we're after. And uh, I've got, I, I can't say anything other than I've got, I can trust Mikel Arteta with anything, you know. That's right. Uh, um, and I, I would just trust him to be making the right decision end of, end of, end of the day. Um, so moving on, I, I just about um, touched on Aubameyang earlier, didn't I? About signing yeah. the contract. Did you see or hear the um, match of the day comments that, that uh, Ian Wright made about him signing the yeah, uh, contract? Yeah, going around his house, isn't he? He's going to go and see Papa Aubameyang and, and just make him sign it. But I, I what? I can't, this is, it's just so annoying. It's like the Willian transfer. We all know that Willian signed a contract uh, and it's 120 grand a week. Okay? And that is it. But no other club gets it done like put to put it like like us because um it's widely reported um Willian's on what quarter of a million pound a week because what they've done is every conceivable possible optional extra that he could get if he win the league, if he win the Champions League, gets bonuses. If he gets so many goals, he gets a bonus. 
blah, 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 signing on bonus, the works. And they added the whole lot up and put packaged that up as what we are paying him. We're not. No. And the same thing the same thing has been reported about Abamyang as well. Abamyang, we we've all known by reputable people that he's going to be signing a three year contract at two hundred and fifty grand a week and he's worth every penny. No cheap. I cannot bear cheap. that. Absolutely cheap. To replace a guy like him, well it's it's impossible for a club like I don't think there's anyone available for a start. But and, you know you know, he, as you say, quarter of a million is nothing compared you know, as you say, what are you going to do? What's the alternative? No, we ain't got one. We, we wouldn't be able to replace him. Because if we sold him for... What would we get for him now? Nothing. Because his contract's well, get, running out as well. 25, would you? 30? Well, I, I don't know. You possibly push maybe... I mean, in, in, if, if you're lucky, you might get about 40 million maximum. But yeah. that's doing really well. But who would you get for for that? No one. To, to no, replace his goals. You have to change the style the way we play as well. It's a joke. It's, it's it's pointless even talking about. So, yeah. excuse me. But, <coughs> but, but why? But why it's taken so long for these to, for him what? to sign? I reckon he has signed. The club, the club hasn't put it out yet because our carrier pigeon is not well. Once the carrier <laughs> pigeon gets better, I think you'll hear straight away. I think <laughs> I think it's yeah, it's either that or the smoke signals. It's just not working yeah. properly. Yeah, yeah. But the fire's gone out. But the other thing I, I've seen again. The same thing. What what happened with Willian's supposed salary is is happening with him as well, and we're paying apparently close to four hundred grand a week because what they've done again is is added up every single goal bonus, every single thing that we could possibly win, and rolled it all up and divided it up by three years, and it just winds me. I mean, I can't go on enough. I, I keep banging on about how well, how things are reported in the press about Arsenal. It drives me mad. I don't let it get to me. You know why? Because when we score and we win things, I don't care what they cost. It's no, only when they're right. doing poorly that all of a sudden the spotlight is what someone costs. So it doesn't exactly. bother me at all. We're doing great. I don't care what we pay them. I'm happy if Arteta's part of this process of what they should be worth and paid. I'm quite happy to go with that. Let's go with the flow. Don't give them monkeys. On the pitch, delightful. I, I, I had to laugh. I was listening to another Arsenal podcast and... Um, and they were saying about the 250 grand a week. But um, I think they mentioned about, uh, I'm probably guessing, but I think they mentioned about a 20 grand um, goal bonus for every goal he scores as well. And one person on this podcast actually said, so if he gets a, a hat trick every week, he's nearly on an Ozil salary. That's ridiculous. Blah, blah. I said, who's going to moan if he gets a hat trick every bloody week? Do you know what? It's just a joke. <laughs> so yeah. you're going to worry about you're going you know to worry what? about paying him the goal bonus and getting a hat trick it's it like, just makes me laugh it's like someone says it's like years ago like oh you know uh, oh my god I'm paying a million pound a week tax I wish I was paying a million pound a week tax that means I'm earning <laughs> exactly. like, you know I mean? it's the same thing isn't exactly. it exactly <laughs> it's just, it just makes you laugh honestly it really does um, but yeah I, I don't think uh, there's been a lot made of the players who didn't start and so on and so forth today. And I think it's purely down to trying to juggle the the squad as best as possible already. Even though it's game one, we've got so much to think about with regards to how many games we're going to be getting through uh, this season. It's so constrained. We've actually got five weeks less than we normally would have 
because it's got to finish on a certain date because of the Euros uh, starting next summer. So we've got to we've literally got to plan really meticulously every single game that we're playing uh, moving forward. So with regards to the people up moaning Pepe didn't start and so on, it, I, I don't think it's relevant. I'm really not worried about that at the moment. But one thing I did hear um, when I was listening to the commentary on... Um, uh, the, the replays of the of the game yesterday, which I, I haven't heard and seen. Apparently, there was a little bit of a, a fracas or something at the beginning yeah. of the game between Sabios. Can you tell what, what happened there? Can you tell me? I, I didn't see it. I was what I was doing a watch along yesterday, so I, I wasn't. I was chatting to the lads rather than looking at what was going on just before kickoff. But mm. there was a guy I was with in my my house, and he he mentioned it to me. And I thought it meant in training last week, the way he said it. But after the game, he said, no, it happened before the game. And then evidently what happened was they were having a bit of a kick around and uh, Ceballos actually went in very hard to win the ball. And the on, guy, on who? He got Sorry. Upset with it. On who? Who did he go in hard on? Eddie. Oh, oh right. You know, they're having a, I thought it was someone in the middle and they round them or something. But you know, when he hit him a bit hard, he took he took us exception to that. He pushed him with a bit of a push back, and then they sat at, as wide as they could apart during the game. But evidently, the manager goes, "Everything's fine, so fine, carry on." To be, I, I, to be honest, I like things like that. I like yeah, that cool. Competitive. I bet you it wouldn't have like, like you've just said. I, I, I completely agree. I, I bet it was all handbags, and I bet it was all blown over within no time at all. But. I like that competitiveness, and I don't, what I like more than anything is people being angry that they're not playing. They haven't been chosen yeah. to start. Well, it's that. quite funny you say that. They reckon Sabalios might might have been angry because he wasn't picked. Yeah, well, I hope he was. Fantastic. I, I loved it. Well. When he when he came on, you know, and he just did that. He, thought, he just showed again straight away how what quality that player is. I, I love Sabalios. I the really, nut, really the do. The nutmeg and the back flip. Oh. Beautiful, beautiful. How many, you know, and, we've signed another Brazilian as well that no one's spoken about. His name is uh, Holding. That's Brazilian. That's quality. I'm so glad you mentioned that because he has not had any praise at all. And he played really no. well. And that was but brilliant. Did you that running, you yes, I did. Did. I did. That was yeah, amazing. Fantastic. fantastic. You know, I like, I'm so glad as well that he's stopping. Because I, I, I mean, you you watched a lot of my podcasts throughout the last season, didn't you? I've, yeah, I've, I've, I've always backed the guy. I've always said there's a really good cultured player there, and he needs a run of games. And I've been really consistent in that. And he's starting to show now that he is a really good, composed, no nonsense central defender. He is no and nonsense. I, he doesn't mind getting stuck in either. No nonsense. No, he does get he, stuck. He loves in. a bit. He loves a ruck, you know. He loves going yeah. up against the tough centre forward. He won't back away. No, and no. Um, yeah, that was that was hilarious. That was I loved seeing that. And they Holdinho, I think we should start calling him. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm really glad. I forgot to mention that, and I'm really glad you brought that up because he he's gone very much uh, unmentioned in in the game yesterday. But obviously, understandably, I suppose because of. Um, the player next to him having his debut, Gabriel, and him doing really well. But I think it overshadowed Holding having a really good game too, uh, if I'm honest. But I think all the players, from what I've seen, had a good game yesterday. And we're moving on to the weekend where we play against West Ham. I think 
West Ham are a shambles, honestly. I, I can't, I can't speak. But I, I mean, as a club overall, I ain't got nothing against West Ham. I have to be honest. I've got nothing against West Ham. I would never want uh, any. David Moyes to go anywhere near Arsenal, but I, I respect David Moyes a bit more than some other people. I think he's a decent manager, you know, but yeah. at the end of the day, the, the, the way that that club is managed, they deserve to go down. They, they, they're just a shambles. And look what happened last week with their own um, captain, Mark Noble, who's been with the club for 20-odd years, feeling angry enough to actually go to to social media and, and pretty much slag off the club and, and, and say... It's I missed that. Decision. I missed that, Andrew. What did he say? Have you not seen it? Oh. Yeah. They sold this 18-year-old player. His name escapes me. But this player went on loan to West Brom last year, had an excellent season. Really, really talented 18-year-old. And um, they've tried to they've been trying to offload all of their... Because they've got hundreds of wingers there, haven't they? They're all over the place. They've got wingers yeah. left, right and centre and behind the sofa, everywhere. And they can't shift any of them because a similar situation to us. They're overpaying them. They overpaid for the price and they're giving them too much money. No one wants them. And West Brom came back in with a, a, a permanent offer for this 18-year-old and they sold him for 18 million quid. And an 18 million quid for an 18-year-old? Yeah, yeah. And wow. This, bearing in mind, and I'm, don't quote me on the exact figures, but I think he got eight or nine goals and a similar sort of assists last season for West Brom. And he, and he really, really um, impressed. And so, yeah, they sold him. And Mark Noble went to Instagram, or I think it was Instagram, had a rant saying, I cannot believe this is a disgrace. I cannot believe this has happened. And then half the other, half the squad backed him up, liked it, and commented themselves, including oh, Jack Wilshire, including Jack Wilshire as well, backing up Mark Noble. The whole squad is in turmoil at the moment as well. And um, I think we could actually have a better result next weekend than we did this weekend. Touch wood. They could be in trouble this year, couldn't they, Andrew, really? They need a bit of inspiration from somewhere, don't they? I honestly think they're going to go down. And I, I would actually really enjoy the fact that they'll go down because of their owners. That Karen Brady, I cannot stand that woman. And Gold and Sullivan, they're just... The whole fan base is just, uh, it's probably more angry than the, the, the Newcastle fan base because of the way that they left their stadium. They hate they hate that. Um, I mean, to be fair, I feel a little bit similar with leaving Highbury. However, we have got a great stadium in the Emirates. I can't deny that. It's fan- it is a great stadium. But I do miss the, the Highbury. But their stadium that they've moved to at West, uh, the, the London Stadium, is, is, it's a shithole really, isn't it? It's not a football stadium. No, it, it I, is, no, I went there. I watched no, uh, not an Arsenal no game. I went there, watched West Ham play. They played da, 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 that Bournemouth a couple of years ago, and it well, was a good seat, but it was so far no, away from the actual. Pitch. Exactly, there's no atmosphere, is there? And at Upton right. Park, you're right on the pitch virtually. So. Oh, that was that was. I took my. We went to see. Fun enough, again, not Arsenal. A good friend of mine, very good friend. My best friend is a West Ham supporter, and he took mm. me and my son years ago. To West Ham played Man City, and my yeah. son had only yeah, been to Highbury or the Emirates. And when the teams come out, they started singing "I'm Forever Blowing Bubbles." The hairs at the back of his neck stood up. He hadn't. He was like, "Wow!" He'd never heard anything like that in his life before. It was amazing. Yeah. 
yeah. But they deserve everything they get, I think, at um, West Ham. And I, I can only see them going down this year. Um, they were lucky last year, if I'm honest. Um, but yeah. So yeah, that's, that's the next game. And I wouldn't be surprised, personally, if we see quite a vastly different team again starting next week. Do you think so? Um, yeah, I think there'll be a lot of rotation again. I, I think Saliba might come back in next next week for a start. I think Gabriel will carry on. And um, holding as well. I think it might be holding Saliba and Gabriel next week. Um, I think Pe- Pepe might start maybe as well. Nketiah might play coming from. The... I think it's going to be a lot like this this this, this uh, season, Melvin. I I think I slightly disagree with you because I think that instead of every game changing, it changing every two or three games. I think you need a bit of consistency. You look, you know, we've got momentum now. We've had yeah. momentum for quite a while. And to change it completely, I don't think no, you'd do that. You've got to get level number one. Completely. You've got to defenders. You've got four, to get used to playing with the new people. Four or five, I think. Maybe four changes I, I could see. But I wouldn't change it. Wholesale changes, of course. But um, I think Saliba will definitely start to be introduced because I definitely think the one thing that he really wants is to really properly unleash Tierney on, on the left. Yeah, um, yeah. I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised because it's, it's he's doing brilliantly, Kieran Tierney. I mean, you could put him anywhere on the pitch, and he would do an yeah. incredible job. But he's he is being a little bit wasted playing at the left of a back three. Um, in my opinion, he, he's worth so much more to the team. And uh, AMN is doing a great job. Don't get me wrong, but he's nowhere near the uh, as effective as having Kieran Tierney on the left. Because it's just crossing is fantastic. He's the best crosser at the club. I yeah, think Kieran Tierney on the, on the run. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. So um, he, I wouldn't be surprised. He drives forward as well. When he drives forward, even without his cross, yeah. he's yeah. so dangerous. I'll so tell you dangerous. what. Yes, In one of the highlights I saw uh, of the game yesterday, his pace was incredible. Recovery pace uh, yeah. coming back. Um didn't quite actually on that uh, at that time stop the um, the guy getting his shot off, but he had a good ten yard head start on the on, on him. The, this uh, Fulham player and he just caught him up and actually st- overtook him in the end. Pace was brilliant. Um, I, ca- I just can't wait to see him properly playing the where he's most comfortable on the left. And I, I think if you've got to be if you put yourself in Arteta's position, you must be thinking the same as well. If you're, oh, I'm yeah. honest, but I've um, got a question yeah, for you. One question. Yeah. I hate to be negative. It's not really mm-hmm. negative. It's a little bit. Out of all the players that have played in the last six months for Arsenal, mm-hmm. which player hasn't got better under Arteta? I've got one in my head. Um, you might disagree. Or you may not. Let me Give me a minute. Mm, don't tell me. Can you see the comments? If you have a quick look through the comments while I have a think, because right, I don't want to know. Yeah, 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 yeah. See if there's anything you can answer. There's um, no questions. There's just comments from that. I mean, I agree with Stuart Chapman that Pepe needs to up his game. I think he will do. I think he needs to play a little bit more inside rather than hug the touchline. Yesterday, he didn't quite get into it. He didn't Someone's got it there. Someone's got it there. Two of them have got it right. 
Bang on. Mm. Let's have a look. Can you see? See the comments? Two have Nelson. got it. No. Klasenak. Yes. Pepe. Oh, Klasenak. Well, he's not, it's not possible for Klasenak to improve because he's useless. <laughs> There's room for he's improvement, not, but he hasn't yeah, done it. What are you talking about? No, he ain't, he's not even born to be a footballer. No. I'm, no. I, I I do take your point. I'm not. I'm only. I'm, I'm only half joking. I'd, but very good. Yeah, the only well one done. in my I opinion. I wouldn't have got that one because. Yeah, no, it's true. I think Nelson. I don't. I don't agree with you there, Chappers. I think Nelson is improving, I but he's improved. another one which I feel a bit sorry for because because of the way the position he really needs to play on the right. Attacking right, it, he's got too much competition there. So that I would actually like to see him go on loan and have a good run in a, in a team, ideally in Germany if if possible. But it, a lower half Premier League side would be great as well because I see that the kid has got bags of of um, of potential and his confidence is coming back. His confidence is definitely coming back. That goal he scored against Liverpool, that was not yeah, an easy terrific. goal. No, and, no. And he was ice cold. And the and the penalty he scored in the charity shield, <laughs> you could not be cooler, could you? It no, was, yeah, was that the one he was flicking, up in his, flicking it up before he got to the penalty spot? Yeah. Keep, yeah, he's doing keepy-uppies on the way to the spot. All right, I've got a question for you now. You like. On Nelson, I've got a question for you. Do you think he's strong enough to be a wing-back? So if he did get rid of him. I want, do you know, well, you know, I've said, I've suggested this several times. I would love to see him as wing back. Is However, he strong enough though? We've got, yeah, you don't need you think to. He is. You, he's no, he's no weaker than Kieran Tierney on the other side. There, he's not. Kieran Tierney isn't massive, but he's no, got the he's determination. Strong. He's strong. Yeah. He's strong, but I don't think that I don't think that Nelson's going to be any any less strong. I, well, uh, I, I don't want to put a downer on Nelson, Andrew, but Tierney has got an enormous heart. Oh, enormous. he has. Oh, no one has. No one's That's got a bigger asking. heart than That's him. That's the question I'm asking. Could Nelson actually be that type of player? That I would. I would love to see it in the cup games. I, I would love. I think that he would be, an, if he could be trained properly in that role. I could see him having a fantastic relationship with Pepe over, because Pepe could obviously left-footed playing on the right. Having Nelson next to him, which is with a lot of skill, pace and, and ability, being able to overlap him and actually cross with his right, you'd have yeah. Pepe being able to come in onto, onto his left foot and Nelson coming in off his right foot to cross it in. I think yeah. it could just gel perfectly. But That's another but, reason. But go on. AMN could also do it if we sold Bellerin. There. But that's another reason we could sell Bellerin. I don't want to sell Bellerin. We can't give everybody. And if we did no, sell Bellerin, we wouldn't be that short. We don't need to buy another wing back. We might have somebody there who could actually do the job. I definitely don't think we need to buy if we if we sold Bellerin. I, I don't get that at all. I really don't. And I mean, I, I put a, a thread on because I got fed up listening to people moaning about the signing of Cedric as well. And I said, just to Cut it all short. What I don't get why people have got the uh, got a downer on him because a it was a a free signing. We only had to pay a million quid for because it was reported. People were saying we had to pay five million pound loan fee. That's we didn't. Right, it was yeah. a million. Yeah. 
the point of offering him a four-year contract was that if we, because we've got these new rules whereby we're supposed to be looking to sell or re-sign with when they've got two years left, we would have to be doing that next year already. So stupid. Now, what other international European Cup winning right back would come to us to be to know that he's going to be second choice and sitting on the bench most of the time? Yeah, no, no one else, no one. So, so I just think it's a, a no-brainer to have brought him in. He's only on six, sixty-five grand a week as well. Sixty-five grand is nothing in this day and age. But you and know he's, he's left-footed like as well. He can play on the left. You know that. You know that he's left. He can use yeah, his left as well. So he's a cover. He's a very good crosser. Yeah. yeah. Oh, terrific crosser. From the right, he's puts those crosses in. I mean, that's fantastic. So what? What better backup can you have, really, for for a free, basically? Yeah. Uh, give or take. People a few still quid. moan. And people are moaning, and I don't. I just don't get it, and it really annoys me because he's not a bad player at all. He's not going to be a world class player to come and join us as a backup. But he's a very, very good player to have as a backup. Not only anyway, that, so how many, I, I, I know it was a bit of a, a bit of a, you know, once in a lifetime type, type situation. But how many world class players did Leicester have when they won the league? You don't need well, world class exactly. players to win the league necessarily. You might need one or no, two, perhaps, he, but you don't need a whole team of world class players to win the league. That is a great way to lead on to thoughts about the season because you pretty much summed up in just that one sentence how I feel about this season because I, I've got I got no doubts whatsoever that Chelsea are going to do well in spells because of the quality players that they've got. They're going to win some games on their own because of how good they are. But long term, over a, a, a season of thirty-eight games, they are managed by Frank Lampard, and I've got there's absolutely no comparison between the quality of Frank Lampard and Mikel Arteta, and exactly the same with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. They can buy whoever they like, but Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is a, a, a fraction of the coach of Mikel Arteta, and people. As much as they love Mikel Arteta in our fan base, I still think an awful lot of people are underestimating quite how good this guy is. And I think the way that we are playing at the moment and the way that someone like El Nini, who hasn't played for the club since June... No, not June. Um, what did they say on the... on the? Uh, I think it was April. April 2019, he hasn't played for Arsenal. And the way that he's just slotted back into that team and performing like he did yesterday, and the Charity Shield, just shows you just quite, just in a small way, the quality that Mikel Arteta has got in setting the team up. And I, I'm not going to, I'm not getting carried away so we're going to win the league this year. But I, I am so confident that we're going to have a really good season because of Mikel Arteta's management and the way that he gets the team playing as one unit. We're not a team of any individuals, and that includes Aubameyang, because Aubameyang on, on occasions is, is, is our bloody best defender sometimes as well, the way he works. That Even Aubameyang is not an individual in this team. We are a collective working together to, to, to help each other out. And, and the, I, I'm so excited about that because I think we can bring in any 
player from our squad at the moment and they all know exactly what to do. And they all know what to do on the ball and where to be. And I've, I've put a couple of um, interviews from Kieran Tierney on, my, on the YouTube channel. And he says it straight away that before the match, Mikel Arteta is telling them what's going to happen. Like George Graham did. Like George Graham used to do. He knew what he knew what was going to happen in '89 and at Anfield, and it came true. Mikel Arteta is doing that to the players, and, and Kieran Tierney said that in the interview. And he says this is going to happen to you, and if it does, this is what you need to do. You need to go da 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 da. And he says I'm, I was so amazed because everything came true, everything happened, and I knew exactly what to do. So, it, <laughs> with things like that, that with his management, I am so confident this season, that we're going to have a really good time. And I'm not saying that we're going to do a Leicester, but stranger things have happened because Leicester, it happened to them. And, um, yeah, I just I, that's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to make outlandish um, predictions, but I do think we're going to get top four. And I do think we could possibly win the Europa League as well. I agree. I'm very, very optimistic. Not only for the first time for donkey's years, a long time, I'm actually looking forward to watching us. Yeah, I'm actually looking yeah. forward to... to, to I, I was sitting there, though we were only 1-0 up yesterday. We didn't play particularly well when it was nil, to be honest with you. We were full of most of the ball, but we were on control. But we, we weren't doing anything. We hardly got the ball. We just hadn't quite got into gear. But even when we went 1-0 up after 10 minutes, and normally you think, oh my God, we're going to get one. No, it was totally relaxed for the rest of the game. Yeah. Because yeah. the, there's been a change. And it's like it works both sides of the coin. You can have the best players in the world or the worst players in the world. If they play for the manager, it's worth so such a lot. If they don't play for the manager, it's not worth such a lot. And it's exactly. the same with this Arteta. They're, they're all, whatever he's saying, they're looking at every word he says. And they're, they're not thinking, perhaps we should know. He says that, all I've got to concentrate now is do what he says and that's it. I'll tell you what, if, if you're, um, I'm... Uh, a, a, a single heterosexual male, but if he said run off with me to elope to go to uh, <laughs> go and get married up in Scotland, I, I would quite happily do that because he told me to. You know, I, I, I absolutely love the bloke. You know, he, he's just um, whatever you say, you, you're just drawn into it, aren't you? Everyone is buying into everything he's saying, and it's just. I don't know, it's just amazing. I, I think it's incredible the way that he's taken to the job and the way that the club's taken to him and everything is just perfect together. You've got, you, must got have a lot of confidence. you must have a lot of confidence in himself, Andrew, because, however, when he saw us play Man City and they walloped us 3-0, could have been 10, just before he joined us, I was thinking easy on us. Because, I, I bet you they went easy on us that day. Because I bet yeah, Mikel yeah. said, look, look, just yeah, ease off easy, a bit. yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm sure I was thinking, sitting there, because I went to that game, I'm sitting there thinking, he's not going to join us now. Not that I thought he was the greatest manager coming anyway. I thought, yeah, it'd be okay. He's better than what we got. What we got was rubbish. But mm. I thought, how can that guy even think about joining us? But he had the confidence. He saw through what people like me and the rest of us didn't see through. He saw that there was something there. To me, there was nothing there. Amazing. We had a bunch of jokers, didn't we? All wearing clown shoes and running around yeah. and, and yeah. squirting people with their fake little uh, flowers, spraying water in the faces. It's just, it was just a joke. And I, the one thing that was the weirdest thing I've ever seen on a football pitch 
and I've said it before, but it, I've, I've never seen it before, and I don't think we'll ever see it again. It was when um, Lacazette scored that last-minute equaliser against Southampton, and, and the whole cr- whole ground was quiet, and no yeah. none of the players celebrated. We wanted him sent off. We wanted him sacked, didn't we? Basically. Yeah, we wanted him sacked, and, and Lacazette scored. Oh, <laughs> oh look, got him for another week now. And that is the still... weirdest thing. Yeah, that was weird. It was weird. I agree. <laughs> um, we had one. Uh, Stan, the man, was in the comments a minute ago. I uh, hope he's still there. Hello, Stan. Hope you're well. Hi, Stan. How are you doing? Um, Chappers said Pepe needs to up his game, according to the boss. I, I I thought Pepe was the man of the match in the cup final. I thought he yeah. really, really... But yesterday, and he, started he, was, to... he only played a little bit yesterday, but he just couldn't get it going yesterday. Well, I mean, God, you, only for about 15 minutes, you might have been. Exactly. Well, come on, lock it. It was just the way it was. That's why it is sometimes. I think he's got... Do you know what? I, I, I've said this before. I, he is technically our best player. Mm. He is. He just needs to get that, uh, the click. He just needs to click. And he was starting to do that towards the end of last season. And what I said when, just after he was signed, and I, I said, he needs to play in the middle. He needs to... He, yeah, he away from that touchline. Yeah, he needs to be an inside forward on the right rather than a winger. He should not get chuck on his boots. He should be roaming around that sort of the right-hand side of the, the penalty box. And, and that is the way that he will... That's the way he scored all his goals. And that's the way he frightens the life out of defenders. And um, he is starting to build up a, a good relationship with uh, Aubameyang. And do you know what else? The biggest thing for me, if you watch any of the videos, um, the behind-the-scenes videos on the Arsenal.com, he looks better. He looks so happy. He's smiling all the time. He's actually getting involved with the jokes and because I, I was a bit worried that he was a loner, like he was, you know, not really fitting in. But I've been really encouraged by watching those videos on Arsenal.com and he's he's laughing his head off and he's getting, you know, it's it's natural. He's not forcing it. You can tell. And he's really um, being becoming part of the, the, the squad in a big way. And I think that's really encourage me uh, that he's he's settling in finally and I think it could be a big season for him this year um, I I would like to see and the, the, when we signed William and I, I said before I, I thought William was going to come in and eventually take over Lacazette's role because if you've, if you've noticed that towards the end of last season Lacazette was dropping really deep wasn't he he was playing in that number 10 hole if you like and working his socks off doing a really good job not knocking him but it's not his position and I thought that bringing in William he's more of a specialist in that area so he could do what Lacazette is doing but to a more technical level and Lacazette Lacazette isn't the best passer of the ball either at all times he can do but he's not it's not his strength so I thought that bringing in William would replace Lacazette and then it would allow Aubameyang and Pepe to sort of just come in a little bit more to the edge of the penalty box. Um, so we've got a perfect little triangle there of Willian, Aubameyang and Pepe. And I still think that that may be long term, when we've got the midfield sorted, how we'll sort of uh, play in more of a 4-3-3. And that... That, I, I think that would really work well. But I think also, if you do it that way, that um, Pepe and Willian could alternate as well. They could sort of swap around quite a lot because they could both play in those positions. 
And uh, it, I think it would be really difficult for the opposition to work out what to do in that situation, who to mark and what to, who's going to go with who. And I think it with, could be pretty lethal. With, with uh, Pepe, ideally, you want him one-on-one -on -one with the last defender four or five times a game because he's going to mm -hmm. wreak havoc. They, they'll have to bring him down and they can't afford to bring him down. Exactly. And they'll have to make a decision. And that's what we want. Out on the wing, he beats the wing and then someone can come across. Right? Yeah. Beats the He's too one-dimensional. Yeah. yeah. You get him inside and all of a sudden he's got a bit of space running at the last defender. That's You've got to just keep doing it. It's, it'll bring so many dividends. It'll be fantastic. Yeah, I think so. And I, I think it would offer a different dimension to our play. It would be... Because, you know, we were very, very um, bad at breaking down those teams at the bottom of the league last year. And I think by playing like that, with having that sort of setup, would it make it a lot easier to unlock those defences that play a really, really low block. Um, so I think that could work quite well. And I think I won't be surprised if the way that that, that is the way we end up working out. Um, but yeah, so I've given my very sort of positive thoughts about the coming season and it's difficult because we don't know yet whether we're going to get anyone else in but just with the with the squad exactly the way it is say we don't bring anyone else in now how do you i mean how what do you think the limit is this season uh, I, I i think we will still be top four if we don't make another signing i still think we could do it i really do yeah won't be easy but I think we can do it. You get one midfield player in that we're talking about, then I think then over then you, the expectations change. You know, it'll be much easier to be top four and perhaps top three, stroke two. I'm being very, very optimistic here, but that's what my heart's telling me, and a little bit of my brain as well. I, I, I just you cannot ignore the fact that since January the first, we would have been fourth. We would have finished fourth. Um, if the league had started then. Uh, Chappers has put, we win everything, including the Prem, the Champions League, even though we're not in it. In it. The um, the Nobel Peace Prize, I also predict Arteta's Marrows will win the Islington Fate <laughs> Top Prize for Best Vegetable. Well, he could actually enter Klasnach for that as well, the, the Best Vegetable, and he'll probably win that prize as well. Um <laughs> Uh, Stand the man. When I suggested that we bring El Nenny back from loan, like we did with Cockland, I got torn new a batty crease. I do remember that, and I he is out. I mean, you cannot deny how well he's played, Stan, can you? He's he's been a breath of fresh air, if I'm honest. He, and do you know what? He's a lot more mobile than uh, Jacker is. He, he's not a slouch. He actually he's very quite athletic. Um, you know about El Nenny. You know one. Of you know, one of the facts about El Nenny, he played in the same team as Arteta, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. Madness, um, isn't it? Yeah, it is madness. But yeah, he's uh, he's been... A, do you know, he's another player, right? That He's been with us for such a long time. He's never moaned about going on loan. He's always accepted oh, it. Yeah. And he's always been 100% professional. And I, it's just one of those players that people think, oh, no, El Nenny is shit, you know, blah, 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 blah. It just, we need to get rid of him. He's, he's rubbish. I, he's never really been rubbish. He's always done a good job for us. But I'll tell you what, going on to Gwendozy, right, this is one thing I was wanting to talk about. I initially, when I, when I, when, um, 
uh, Emery got sacked. Oh, and, and the lead up to Emery getting sacked. I was really worried about um, Gwen Doozy because I said at the time that he was learning so many bad habits on the pitch. And the longer that went on, the longer that's going to take to get out of his game. Yeah. And, I, and when Arteta came in, I was really looking forward to Gwen Doozy working under Arteta and actually really learning the job and learning the craft. And that's why I was so disappointed with everything, the way it's turned out. And I thought it's it's a wasted opportunity for it's it all Gwendozy's fault. Don't get me wrong; he's been these thought processes. He's or his agent has, has guided him so poorly; it's unbelievable. But he's got a bad attitude. I would love nothing more for him to apologise to it to Arteta and really start bedding into the squad because I could see you can see how how well players can improve working under Arteta tactically and and on the pitch. I would love to see how far he could go as a player under Arteta. I really, really would. I don't know whether it's going to happen, but I, I would definitely love to try and you know, see it, have a go. Because he, he's he got the stature. Bear in mind, he's so young. He's so he's very tall. If he could beef up a bit, he could be he could be a very, very good midfielder. You know, but yeah, I, I well, just don't know whether I, I don't know whether he can change his attitude. I think that he, I think he possibly can. I don't, if he wants to, he can do. Of course, he can. If he, but I think that he's. You're right. He's got some bad habits. He held on to the ball too long, and at some oh, stage he never got tackled. That was his worst, it's, in my opinion, his worst attribute. He did whatever the fuck he wanted on the pitch. He did what yeah, he wanted, yeah. and and, yeah. and Emery did. Emery never corrected it. Well, he couldn't understand him. That's why. But <laughs> exactly, um, exactly, yeah. But I think that. It's a very big word. If you, you you take it down to the basic steel again, the machine, put a bit of oil in, do a, do a few of the nuts up and all that, and let it go again, I think he can be a very, very good player. But there's a few ifs. If he wants to do it, I think he can do it. It's all down to whether he... He'd be a very stupid kid if he, if he gave it up because I, I don't think he'll ever get a better opportunity of becoming a, an excellent player than work, than where he is now. Especially working with Arteta, yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. And uh, if he if he throws all that away, he will he will bitterly regret it. Uh, Mason Sadler says, "I love the content. Thank you ever so much, Mason. That's really appreciated. Uh, If you haven't done so already, please, please, please uh, give us a subscribe and a like. Um, Over and over and over again. Excuse me. (coughs) Do beg your pardon." Rich, thanks for watching. We're on the up. We'll be hard to beat this season. We'll achieve anything this season without the ball. We're improved so much. I couldn't agree more, mate. Chappers, Arteta has been focusing hard on his allotment over lockdown. I think that's probably where um, maybe Ozil's been working down there and giving it a bit of a digging over and and Klasnach, maybe. Um, He wants to win everything. The man's a born winner. Absolutely, mate. He, He goes into every single competition... And I've got a stick for this on Twitter, right? I, I got into a bit of an argument. So you've got to have, with an elite attitude, you, you, you've you got to go into the Premier League, the Champions League, the Europa League, everything you ever, everything you win with, with the, um, trying to win it. You're not going to get anywhere if, if you don't try and win everything. And um, that, he, that is his elite attitude. And that's what he's trying to bring to the, the whole of uh, the club, not, not just the players even. 
Um, Arteta won't even let his kids beat him at guess who. Nope, I definitely agree that. Can you release a Premier League predictions video? That could be a good video idea. I'm more than happy to do that, Mason. Um, Stuart Chapman. Or, uh, Stand the man. The luck. What's I'll that? Let my daughter marry El Nini, even though I don't have one. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say, I've said earlier, Stan, I'd marry Arteta quite happily, even though I'm strictly like a heterosexual male. I'll have no, no, no worries at all about marrying Arteta. He can do whatever he likes. The last few games before Emery left, I literally thought we might not ever win another game, Carol said. And I was, we, we could not see where the next point was coming from, could we, at that point? Literally, it, it was... I, I said on many a podcast, we're only going one way, and I, and we were heading towards the bottom three. It, I just can't... I don't I never, ever want to feel like that again. I was a bit an Arsenal fan for many, many years, and I've never felt as bad as I did whilst Not Emery me. was in charge. I, I remember going to games against Brighton and Southampton and whoever it was. Teams of, of that ilk... And I was before the ball was kicked. I was not confident, and I've never been I in. I hated. My... No, never I hated. Like watching never. It was never, it was never. A, it was a chore watching our games, wasn't it? But it was I, just I didn't look forward to any of them. I listened to myself. I'm sitting there, and I, I love the Arsenal. I've been following them for a great number of years, and I'm under my breath. I'm I'm just so angry. I'm saying things that's not really coming out my mouth. It seems I'm so. No. Tense and having to be in so negative, and it was like all these horrible. negative thoughts coming around me. And really, now the people I was sitting with as well, they were no better. But normally, well, I just I couldn't channel it, it was ridiculous. Do you know what? I, I felt so sorry for my three sons because, um, because of the way where we live now, they they go to school over in um, Kingsbury, which is Tamworth, Staffordshire, but. But not that's not far away from Birmingham, and and all their class and well the school really they're either split between Birmingham City fans or Aston Villa fans, and they're the only Arsenal fans over there, and uh, they've always you know get teased and blah blah blah. I felt so sorry for them because I literally ran out of any positive comments to sort of keep telling them about. You know, you can, there's only so much you can say about, you know, how great we've been in, in history and uh, in, in recent history. The way we were playing at the time, I ran out of giving them any kind of, you know, pep talk about uh, being an Arsenal fan. And I genuinely thought at one point, because they're quite young, you know, I thought, that, I just don't want, I couldn't bear the thought of them leaving, uh, being an Arsenal fan and going to be a Villa fan just so that they stopped their mates at school or whatever, but thankfully they've got strong enough personalities not to do that. But do you know what I mean? I, 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 I ran out of any kind of positivity at that point because I've never been so, I don't know, just thoroughly depressed about being an Arsenal fan at that point. At the back end of last year, I really wanted us to sack Emery before the Europa League final and just try and get a bit of an uplift. Because it was only going one way, wasn't it? There was no way. We yeah, no, nothing, there was nothing there. I mean, he, he got us into a situation where we, we were given Europe. The teams around us gave us Europe and we threw it away. We had third in our hands, don't forget, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, it, it was there. It was like, just take it. I'll take it in a minute. No, I'll take it now. No, I'll take it. I'll take it next week. It never happened. No. And people, people are actually questioning whether we are going to get much higher than... Um, 
you know, where we finished last season this year. Oh, and, come on. You know, come predicting... On, come on. No, I'm, I'm talking about, you know, um, oh. <coughs> podcasts like... Um, I think know, I know totally you're going to say, Yeah. Totally Football Show, uh, the BBC ones, and they're all giving their predictions. I'm not talking about specifically Arsenal-related ones. And they're, they're all saying, well, I can, I can see them possibly finishing, finishing sixth, blah, blah, blah. Well, under Emery's first year, uh, how diabolical we were. We, we should have finished third because that was in our hands. At the very least, we should have finished fourth. Last season, I mean, the first half didn't... It, doesn't, it shouldn't really count because that pre-Arteta, it was still, like, still Emery and it was just a joke. Remember that bloody uh, Watford game? I've, I don't think I've ever felt so low. You know, the second half of that Watford game when we drew two all, and uh, it's just hu- an utter humiliation. You know that we had well, thirty shots that, in the second half. You say that we were two 0 up at half time, if you recall. Yeah. yeah, and the second half was horrific. no, 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 no. Wait a minute. How did we become two 0 up? They're all over us first half as well. Well, oh, yeah. Yeah. I couldn't believe I mean, it. Half time, I'm sitting with, with, with my brother-in-law, who's who's not an artist, who's a Spurs supporter, funny enough. We're both watching it, yeah. and he goes, "I go to him. How are we tuning up?" He goes, "I've got no idea. I know. We weren't deserving to be tuning up." And second half, talk about capitulation. Oh, how many? They must have had about forty shots of goal. I, I felt like crying that second half. I just couldn't believe that what I was watching was my Arsenal. Well, it wasn't. It, well, it wasn't your Arsenal, was it? It was no one's Arsenal. Oh, it mate, lost its uh, identity, anyway. Andrew. It lost its identity, is, didn't it? Well, the great thing is, I mean, I remember going on um, the Arse Brothers podcast and um, when uh, just about whether we were just about to appoint Arteta, I think, at that point, anyway. And um, I, we were talking about the squad and all that and uh, obviously what had been gone before. And I actually said at the, at the time, because they mentioned that um, every single player was basically, you know, we should just stick them all in the bin and they were uncoachable. They, that, and they said the, the word uncoachable before Gary Neville did, you know. And I, I went through the, the point then. I said, no team should be playing as bad as it is right now under Emery. And I've got absolutely no doubt, if you get a coach in who knows what the hell they're doing and gets them organised, we have still got a, a decent squad, which we did at the time. And I still stood by that the whole time. It, it, it was just Emery's tactic, well, lack of tactics. I genuinely don't think he had a clue what he was doing after a while. He'd lost the plot. He literally You know what, what is quite amazing? One of the games we played at home at the beginning of his uh, time, um, Emery, uh, I sat right behind, nearly behind where the uh, the manager sits, right? Mm. Just a bit to the side of that, about, about 10 yeah. seats up. A friend of mine's got the second row there. It's a terrific seat. So he invited me along one game. And I could not see the pitch. Emery was everywhere. He was going backwards and forwards. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was like giving it all. But you notice at the end of his tenure, he never got out yeah. of his seat. No, stop. It was so stop. obvious. He- even when Pepe scored those two free kicks at the last five minutes of that game um, in the Europa League, he didn't even get up off his seat then. He had gone. He'd gone completely. And listen, Absolutely. I think we've been very lucky, Arsenal, because look how long it's taken Man United. And I don't think they've quite done it, though some people think they have, have found their successors to Ferguson. 
right? It's taken them years. It's only taken us 18 months to find a successor to Wenger. And me and you and people like us are very lucky, very lucky, that we've been in a situation where we've seen Graham, Wenger, and now Arteta. Three great Arsenal managers. Well, one will be great, I'm sure. Well, let me put it this way. Man United haven't found their successor to Ferguson. I don't think they have. No. They are... They're wasting time, to be fair. And I don't want them to get rid of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Don't get me wrong. But if they had a, a half an ounce of sense, they would have said at the end of last season, Oli, thanks a lot. You've done a great yeah, job. Pochettino, someone like that. Well, I, I, why haven't they done that? It's, it's, it's well, a perfect it's, fit. I mean, they're being sentimental and you cannot afford to be sentimental. But no. anyway, look, I don't want them to get rid of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I want them to give him a lifetime contract and that'd be fine by me because they ain't going nowhere under him. Yeah. Um, uh, the key to, this is Stan the key to us having a good season will be consistency and squad depth must be up for games against the lesser teams I think you can see that now I mean and that, that that's one of the reasons why I think El Nenny is a perfect player for us at the moment because of the squad depth and because he can be relied upon you know that sort of player is invaluable because what is the point of selling him for, for say five, six, seven, eight million? what is the point of selling him for that you can't you know get what? anyone for that. You know, sometimes players have different names on their backs for their real names. They should do it for El Nene. They should have, I do a job. Yeah, exactly. Really well as well. You know, yeah, decent. Yeah. Very decent. But absolutely no point in selling El Nene. No. Unless we get like a really, really big offer, which ain't going to happen. So I think he's an ideal, ideal uh, guy to, to stick around. Um. And do you know what what I said earlier about the three youngsters being loaned out? It wasn't Nkessia, it was Willock. It was Willock, ESR and um, Nelson. And I don't think we should sell, um, sorry, loan any of them. Big, exactly because of that point, because of squad depth as well. I think they've all got something to offer. Um, Willock, again, it's got, he's got it. He's got something. And I've said this a load of times, so I do apologise for repeating myself to everyone listening to this, but that knack of being in the right place at the right time um, is its almost... Un- that is one thing that is almost uncoachable. He's just got it in his head. And one day, it will just click, and he will start hitting the net quite regularly. Do you remember how long it took Ramsey to start actually having yeah, a good goal-scoring record? I do. I, I, I see similarities. It will come. It will yeah. come, honestly. But I, but I for one... I'm losing a little bit of patience with that. I'm sure it will come. I hope it will come. I'm well, just, I know yeah, he's played a lot of games for us now. And I'm not saying he should score two every week. But, for example, I, you know, the one he missed against Liverpool in the charity shield, for me, no excuses. Sorry, Andrew, no excuses. No, 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 it was a bad miss. But you cannot deny that last year was his, was his first full season in the team. Listen, the guy's last got a lot year, of energy. A fantastic think, amount of energy, and he's direct. Think about, but think about last season being his first full season in the Arsenal team, and just just think yeah, that for a minute. What he's gone through, and he made over forty appearances. But just that season was a unbelievable season from so many reasons. So he he needs a bit more time. That's all what I'll say. And well, Ar- Ar- Arteta does see something in him, and you can tell yeah. that because he brings him on pretty much every game. So it's a wonder. Just, 
I know they get a lot of money, but I wonder a lot of the footballers that played under under Unai Emery haven't retired, you know, given up the game. So now I can't do well, this anymore. I, I'm not surprised if they just hand back all the salary and say, no, you can have it back, mate. I'm going. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, let's have a quick look some through some more of these comments. Uh, Winston, the whole team at the end of Emery's reign looks sick of the sight of Emery. I totally agree that everyone in the stadium were watching on TV was sick of the sight of Emery. Absolutely. Gilberto rates El Nenny, apparently. That's interesting, Carol. I'm not surprised. Uh, El Nenny is just the sweetest guy. He is. Character-wise, El Nenny is the anti-Genduzi. That's a very good point. Very good point. I'd let El Nenny look after my rabbits, and I don't even have any rabbits. So, <laughs> um, people don't rate El Nenny because he only cost us five million. That's exactly right, Stan. It's snobbery. Personally, I think that was a bargain. If he's only seventy percent of our best players, we'll give the whole seventy percent every time. Can't fault that. I think you're. A, I, to, well, I totally agree. I think you're doing him down a little bit with regards to his quality today. Um, sorry, yesterday. I beg your pardon. I genuinely think he had a really good game. Really good game. Um, Chap is straight away actually backed up my point. That's fair, Stan. And the Rabbits will get at least 80%. I'd say, you know, he's a good 80% of a quality player. I'd let my daughter marry on an either day. One of you's already mentioned that one, didn't you, Melvin? Um, great content, guys. Just Lee. Thank you very much, Lee. Make sure you subscribe. Tell your friends. That'd be really nice. And like, like the video, please. Uh, Chappers, I like rigmarole watching Emery games. I, I, a rigmarole is quite a polite way of putting it. I used to dread it. The Arsenal Luchador. Hola from Tijuana. Oh. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice to have someone watching from Tijuana. Thank you ever so much indeed. In my village, we hold Senor El Nini in very high esteem. If he ever came for a visit, we would furnish him with mucho virgins arriba. <laughs> Stay in Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Absolutely, yeah. Um, every team needs a player like El Nini. He always gives his best for the team. Doesn't play up or moan when he doesn't play. Exactly right. You've triggered me mentoring the Watford, uh, mentioning the Watford game. I've got PTSD from that evening. Oh, mate. So have I. It haunts me. Um, and then his first season, we only needed one point from either Palace or Brighton at home to get fourth. Wenger would definitely have won at least one of those games. I totally, totally agree, Carol. There's no way we would have lost those games. I want to go to... <laughs> Stan, I want to go to Joanna with El Nenny. Sounds like it could be fun. <laughs> um, I do a... Hang on, I want to go... I do a good job, perfect, Melvin. Some of the youngsters look like they're struggling in an empty stadium. Some of them are going to be banging trouble when the crowds are back playing for blood. I think that, do you know what? I think actually Will Willock plays better with a crowd because do you remember that game he had against um, Liverpool where, yes, it was a poor game at the back when we let him five. He was so good. Goal, what, what, a goal. what a goal. And he loved every minute of that. You could tell. He ran to the crowd and um, it really lifted him. So, so I, I, I think it's a good point because I think some players are benefiting from the, from no crowd. I think some players completely the opposite. I think they, they're struggling with it because 
I heard he, um, Ian Wright talking about it, actually, um, on the radio. And he said there's literally nothing like the lift it gives you when you're in the tunnel, when you're walking out, and the, the, all the crowd start cheering. He said you just feel like a million dollars. And I think that some people are struggling without that. So it's, it's bound to. It's bound to affect some people in different ways. Some people are going to benefit, some people aren't. But I I said this, and I'm, I was on um, uh, Rich... Guna Rich's uh, over and over and over again podcast. Um, go and subscribe to that if you haven't watched it already. It's a great uh, new channel. Uh, great guy, Rich. And I was on his channel the other day, and I'm actually going to clip uh, some of the things from there because we had a really good, really interesting discussion um, about a lot of things on that. On that, but mainly surrounding the TV contract as well, and and the the integration of the crowds coming in. And I'd love to get your thoughts on this, Melvin, as well, because what I think is if you can't get all the the crowd in, there's no point. Uh, I just think we either go all or nothing as far as I'm concerned. And I just think it's absolutely pointless having a, a 20% crowd or 25% crowd. And I just think you should wait until you can all go in and, other point of that is which i wanted to like you to comment on as well is that they think that they're doing us a favor about making all the games during september uh they're televising them all and i'm just sick to death of sky sick to death of bt sport and i'm gonna like i said i'm gonna clip the conversation so i don't have to go through it all again and I'll, i'll make sure i post it for you all to see um linking it obviously to the channel that it came from with rich but um I think it's time to scrap Sky, scrap BT, all that sort of stuff, and for the Premier League to set up their own Netflix-style channel, whereby you can get a, a different tiers of season tickets. You can get one for your own club, where you can watch all the games, one for all your league, whichever league your team is in, and another one where you can watch... All of the leagues, which you can watch any match you want at any one time. And I think every single club in the Football League, um, including obviously right down to League Two, maybe even the, the, the conference, whatever, will benefit much, much more. Because I think League Two and League One only get a million quid between them all every year because of TV rights. And I think that there's expats across the entire world who would buy these season tickets and I think every single club would benefit yeah now what do you think firstly about whether you think it should be the crowd should just come in gradually or not uh and yeah about the my idea about this those sort of season ticket type things on Netflix style Premier League channel I, I think first of all I don't really want to go. I will be going to Arsenal in the ballot. I put my name down for the ballot, Andrew. Yeah. I don't want to go yeah. to 10,000 people. I'd rather not go. But I've done it because I go with my son. He wants to go. I'm, I, you know, we have a go. We don't. With you know, I don't want to be him the only one there, right? It's, yeah. It's it's, in, go, it's nice to go with your son or whatever, your friend, wherever. So yeah, I'm doing it really. If I had my choice, I don't want to go until there's 50, 60,000 people there. The crowd are going mad. This is a great time to be an Arsenal supporter. 
So I'd rather wait and, and, get, and then to get it right, because I think that there's going to be, I think, unless the government or the country or whatever is confident that we can all go to football, if we go to football with 5, 10, 15, 20,000 people there, there's going to be problems. Absolutely. There's going to be, one person gets it, all of a sudden, it, that's it, the end of the world's coming because of it. Let's not do that. Let's do it when it's right. Yeah. And, and that's number one. Number two about selling tickets. What you're talking about to the lower clubs as well. Let them do it on television. Let them be televised. Mm -hmm. I agree. I mean, as you say, expats, but people from different, and there are loads of different, don't have to be expats, people from other countries as well who are interested in football. This might actually say, you know what? I'm fed up with Arsenal, Man United, Chelsea, Tottenham, blah, blah, blah. I want to, I'm into these little clubs. I've read about their history. I want to follow them. Because my grandfather might have been born there X amount of years ago. So Absolutely. I think it's a great idea. Great idea, yeah. I think that... And money should be well, going to these clubs. They need well, it. Mate, I, I'm... Again, I'm, I won't go through the whole thing again, but I'm worried sick <coughs> about the football pyramid. I, I love football. I do not want to see... Clubs like, I don't know, say for example, Leighton Orient, Shrewsbury Town, we, they've all been going about 100 odd years like we have. And they've all got really loyal fans. It's all like about clubs that we have, not personal, personally, are you? We're not going 100 years each, are we? It's the clubs that are going <laughs> When you said I we have. <laughs> no, no. I, I just think that we've all got a duty to try and protect these clubs. And if you say, for example, and I'm, I'm not, I've not even thought about figures or anything like that. But just, just say for our argument's sake, <clears throat> for Arsenal, you pay two hundred quid for the or two hundred quid for the season, so you can watch all of the games televised um, on your channel. Then they say, and, and just think how millions, how many millions of fans we've got around the world. Then you say, well. If you up it to 500 quid or 400 quid, you get access to the entire Premier League for that season. You can watch any game you want. And then, if you want to pay 600 quid or something like that for the season, and don't quote me on these figures, it's just off the top of my head. Yeah, course, but then, you yeah. got access, then you got access to all of the uh, league, uh, Premier League, Championship, League 1 and League 2 matches as well. I mean, I think if you if that way, all of the clubs will benefit massively, and they'll get more money than they are now. Now, if you think oh. Arsenal, uh, if they charge say three hundred quid for a season ticket, not only would it stop all the illegal streaming as well, because everyone knows that the clubs are desperate for money at the moment, and we are desperate for signings, and they just expect us to get magic the money up from somewhere. But if we would be happy, I'm sure, as a fan base across the world, to support the club. Because we know we're going, we we know that our three hundred quid is going to go directly to Arsenal, and the, it's going to keep the club going. And I think a lot of people with the, the I mean, look, people are charitable across the world as well. I'm sure that they would probably stick in the extra hundred quid to put to get a, um, a you know, a season ticket that covers multi clubs, because it will help the football pyramid stay alive. It will keep um, Port Vale in, in business. It will keep Strewsbury Town in business and Leighton Orient and all those other clubs. I, I, I don't know if it would work that way. It could do, but I, I was thinking more on the lines of Port Vale, that 
people who want to watch Paul Bell would pay separately just to watch Paul Bell. They, they, they can. Play. No, they, they can. But they will have the same they option can. to do what the other stuff. Oh, you know, they would have... You know what I mean? They, so Port Vale can buy a season ticket for say a hundred quid or, or two hundred and fifty quid for the season. Or you know, or but it, it maybe work it out to sort of eight quid a game or ten quid a game or something. I think people would actually do that willingly because they know that it's not just going to corporate greed. It's actually going towards keeping these clubs alive, and they are desperate. I mean, Port Vale make probably. 90% of their income from selling hot dogs, beer, programs and merchandise on the on the day. And obviously the tickets for the people coming through. They don't yeah, make yeah. hardly anything from TV money. So the, I, I just don't want these clubs. I'm a football fan. I'm an Arsenal fan first, but I'm a football fan as well. And I don't want to see these clubs dying. And they are going to die very, very quickly unless something is done. And I just think that it would be an ideal solution to everything. And we wouldn't have to worry about paying blood. I mean, our players, the medical staff, all the people that are involved on, on the match days, even though there's no crowd there, have been putting their, um, uh, their welfare on the line to finish the season last year. right? And we got, all the, we got the Premier League finished in the end. And I think we did it really, really well. But we've still got to pay the sky back some money. We've still got they're still demanding money back. back. I don't know well, they are though. They, they, we've all got to they pay sky be back. They're not bad lawyers, Andrew. Up, mate, lawyers. we need to get rid of that shit, and we need to just take control over of, of it as a Premier League and and as the EFL, and come to some arrangement to do this because it. Just, it just can, to, so can you continue on this conversation? There is a, there is an argument made for what you've just said. Especially when the, the sky put a gun to their head. If they've actually made them do that, it's disgusting. Give the money back. There's an argument for saying if Man United by themselves had their own, they have got their own channel, but were allowed to, the only club to show their own matches, right? Mm. How much money they'd make an absolute fortune for people around the world. Same as Arsenal, Liverpool, all the top club teams. We would. All the top we would. Teams. We'd be but better off. That might happen in the future. You may, you know, it's getting splintered anyway because you've got BT Sport, you've got Amazon was getting involved, you've got Sky. All of a sudden, it's getting so splintered. The team, the the, the fans might go, "I can't afford all this. I've got to do exactly subscriptions." If Arsenal came out and go, "Right, five or a tenner a month, you can watch all Arsenal games." It's so cheap. Exactly. It's so cheap. And- if and you know what the other good bit of month, it's so cheap to watch Arsenal every week. Well, I don't know what the actual overall figures are, but I bet you for all of the subscriptions you have to have to watch football, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you don't get much change out of a grand a year if with if you have to pay for BT and Sky for all yeah. the football channels and Amazon now as well. Yeah, if they did it, really if they did, if they did it themselves, we, it, you would save a fortune, and you would get more viewers. Uh, it's, it, and do you know what the other good thing is? If it, if you did get an Arsenal season ticket on this channel that we're talking about, you wouldn't have to put up with the fucking Steve McManaman and all that yeah, bollocks because that. Yeah. you you yeah. could have your own oh. legends and your own commentators for your games. So it makes sense all around. I mean, if you're a Port Vale fan, maybe you even get Robbie Williams on there. Well, God forbid. But But, anyway. You know, talking about the small clubs, Andrew, all these small clubs have got some kind of history. 
big history as well. Port Vale, well, I think Stanley Matthews came and played for them, didn't he, or something? Was it Stanley Matthews? Yeah, I, I, Port Vale? I can't remember, but yeah, I, they've all got great history. And they've all yeah. been around for 100 years. And look at Notts County, for example, with the first club ever formed. And they've all got fans, not as many, but they've all got fans that are just as passionate about their club as we are about Arsenal. And I just hate the thought of them all going out of business. It's it's very, very sad. It is very sad. But Notts County, you mentioned, they've got a tie-up, wasn't it? Juventus copied their shirt, was it? Yeah, Juventus copied their shirt, yeah. That's how every club has got a history. Absolutely, mate. They played. They played a game away in Italy, didn't they? And Real Madrid. Real Madrid have got their kit because of Leeds United. Did you know is it that? that way round? Or yes, the other it way round? is. No, no. It's that. Are you the, sure? It's that way. I'm positive. I'm All absolutely right. positive. I thought that Don Revy changed Leeds. They were yellow and blue Leeds. I thought years ago. I thought Don Revy wanted to emulate Leeds. Well, I heard the other way around. If I'm, I'm absolutely. We're not going to pull abs- that over, are we? No, 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 no. I'm absolutely <laughs> very happy to to uh, accept um, that I'm wrong if I'm wrong. But I thought it was the other way around. But he, but any, the whole point is anyway that these clubs have got a lot of history, all of them, all of them, and it'd be very, very sad. And I think it's literally just just around the corner that these clubs are going to have to going to go under a lot of them. And it's going to be very, very tough. So I think uh, things need to be done. And what I said to Richard is, I think that, you know, podcasts of all uh, across football, you know, should come together. So every club has got podcasts out on YouTube, all of them. And if we could all sort of uh, contact and sort of come to some kind of um, agreement together to sort of start promoting this type of thing, it, it... it really gets um, momentum very, very quickly. And I think it should be heard, you know, and forced through this type of change because it, it just makes so much sense. I, I personally can't see any kind of a downside to it whatsoever. I really can't. Yeah, well, let's hope. Um, we can only hope. We can only hope. Exactly. So I think we'll just uh, wrap it up there then, Melvin. Um, I really appreciate your time. I'm glad that uh, I've come back now. For the second for the new season, and uh, we should be doing it regularly again. I've got a few good, well, some I say a few good. I'm selling it there. I've got some possible excellent uh, high-profile guests lined up that um, are going to be coming on over the coming weeks as well. So, good. lovely, brilliant. Please, can I say um, I know an awful lot of my of, of the other podcasts out there. Do you? do everyone's head in by saying please like the video please do please subscribe please like the video but uh, I, I don't do that very often as you all know but pl- if you can go back and like somebody like some of the videos it bumps my channel right up the uh, the rankings and it might help us start getting some uh, more and more and more viewers as the weeks go on um, and I hope that you will all agree that it's worth watching from Dial Square to Wear channel so uh, yeah all help be much much appreciated and that includes to the people that are listening back on the audio version of this podcast which goes on to itunes and uh, spotify and all the major uh, platforms if you can give us a like and a five star rating it does the same for them as well so thank you i won't go on too much more about that so once again thank you to everyone watching thank you to melvin for joining me today 
Thanks to Chappers, thanks. thanks to Stan, thanks to 95 Winston, thanks to Pat McGee, Carol, um, Carol of course. Um, I just want to make sure, sure I don't miss anyone sure. out. The Arsenal sure. Luchador, um, Just Lee, everyone. Yeah, I said Winston. The uh, Arsenal Luchador. The Luchador. Arsenal Luchador. Yeah, Mar Mason Sadler. Uh, Obviously, Richard as well, Nathan again. Yeah, everyone. Just thank you, everyone, for your comments and joining in. Um, please tell your friends as well, and we'll see you again next week. All the best. Take care. Thank you bye very bye. much. Thanks again, Andrew. All the best. Bye. Bye-bye.